Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I want to thank you for listening on 103.1. I get all these neat little notes from people from time to time about how they listen to Coast View. Some people watch the shows on social media, Facebook, either Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page or the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page or Super Talk YouTube page or their favorite podcast. You just go search Coast View and it, it, it'll come up and you can listen to the shows there. Or you can go to the supertalk.fm um, uh, website. We've got a great mobile um, uh, website and you can uh, look up Coast View there and listen to the most recent shows, watch the most recent shows. It's, there's so many different ways that people watch. I got a note from um, a friend this morning, Kathy Moeller, who uh, has a beauty salon in, in Ocean Springs, actually. And um, she said they listen, they, you know, they listen to the show, uh, you know, every day. So I really appreciate Kathy tuning in. But so many different people, you know, get, get involved in the show in so many different ways. What makes, what makes a show like this work, though, is the fact that we're celebrating uh, people who who live here, who are leading here, who are volunteering here, characters, so many incredible people. And they're all wanting to know what they can do to contribute more. You know, they want to, there are volunteers that are, you know, stretching their wings and doing even more volunteer work. People, young leaders are looking for the next step that they can get involved in to, uh, to you know, to, to contribute more. People get a lot of anecdotes about, and maybe good advice, actually, about how to sort of manage their career, focus on get, how to get a mentor, how to set goals in your life. I mean, we get all this from, from the people that we interview, and people are inspired in different ways. It reminded me of a, of a quote that I shared before from Martin Luther King Jr., but it's, but it's a good one. And I think that you know one of the things about Kosu that I hope it's doing is it's inspiring people to contemplate this quote, and that is this. Life's most persistent and nagging question is, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? And uh, I mean, he could not have said that any better. And I think it's true that we are, we're always contemplating what can our purpose be in this community to, to build a better community? Um, there was something that I shared last week, and I thought this was uh, pretty good, actually. And it, and it fits to sort of the theme of today's show. There is nothing more beautiful than someone who goes out of their way to make life beautiful for others. You know, this could be a volunteer just working hard in the community, or it could be an artist, or it could be a museum that focuses on bringing lots of uh, vivid color to uh, a local community, helping us helping us fully appreciate something I talk about all the time, which is our sense of place. What What is that all about? Uh, we're going to get an update today on uh, on continued efforts to sort of put forward one of the most important artists in coastal Mississippi. In fact, one of the most important artist in America, uh, Walter Anderson. But I want to read this from him. He's the South's most elusive artist, as you'll hear more about here shortly. But he said this, I live and have my being in a world of space and forms which have color and shape. Consciousness of this means being alive. That reminded me of something I read last week 
from Ralph Waldo and Emerson that I think applies so well. And we hope that people who come to coastal Mississippi leave with something in their soul, not just in their memory, but something that connects them to this place. But here is, here's what Ralph Waldo Emerson said. Though we travel the world over to find the beautiful, we must carry it with us or we find it not. <laughs> we must carry it with us or we find it not. So having this deeper experience with um, the, the people who make coastal Mississippi help us understand coastal Mississippi and the significance of coastal Mississippi and this sense of place and our connection to the, to the land is one of the reasons I like doing this show. And one of the people who has such a good feel for that, one of the most articulate on the subject that I know, is Julian Rankin, who is the executive director of the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. And he's been on the show many times. I just want to welcome you once again. Julian, how are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be here. Listen, I had, a, I had Dr. Conger, Dr. Nicholas Conger, he's an infectious disease doctor at Memorial on last week. And we were just, we spent a lot of time reflecting on the past year. And, you know, how he and I have never actually met, you know, and until I did, until I was at the mayor's forum, I had the opportunity to moderate the Ocean Springs mayor forum recently. I met you for the first time in person. And I told Dr. Conger, and I said to you at the time, you're taller than I expected you to be. <laughs> so It's so interesting because you really get to know someone using something like Skype. You get to see them in their eyes. You get to see their expressions. You get to see how they are tar- articulate themselves, their passion for things. And you feel like you're getting to know them pretty well, you know. But then you see them in person and you say, wow, you know, it's, it, it's so many months have passed and we've never actually laid eyes on each other. And we finally lay, lay, lay eyes. That's an odd part of this whole pandemic thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's such a strange such a strange new paradigm. And, but you do, you, you are able to connect uh, remotely, but I think we forget. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good thing that we've been able to have this, this resource, but we, we forget what it's like to actually sit around and visit. And so, you know, seeing what Mississippi's doing on the uh, vaccine front, it g- gives me hope that we'll be doing more of that in-person interaction soon. And, you know, Dr. Conger said that too, that, you know, we're making, you know, over 20% of Mississippians have at least received the first shot. First shot actually protects you. It's the second shot that extends that protection versus the J&J shot, which is, uh, which is one shot, and it's very effective as well. But with over 20% of a Mississippians having received that, and the majority of those being older in age, in other words, the most vulnerable, you do get a sense. You really do get a sense that there's, it's not, you know, I've said this many times on the show, you don't say, is that the light at the end of the tunnel? Is that maybe, is that, uh, is that maybe it? And then you're, you said, no, no, that's it. I, we can, we can actually see that. I was in um, I was in Ocean Springs with my sister Mitzi and my granddaughter Mila uh, two Fridays ago, and we went to Maison Delu to have lunch, and we sat on the the front porch so we could overlook the sidewalk. And man, there's life! There's life in downtown Ocean Springs, man. You feel it. People, there's so much pent up demand. People are starting to really kind of come in there in droves. I look forward to talking to Cynthia Sutton in the next segment. Kind of an Ocean Springs focus today. And talk about, you know, what are the numbers telling us? I'm sure they're starting to improve, but you you see it at the museum. Don't you see people just, gosh, this breath of fresh air as they finally feel somewhat safer as they as they approach uh, things like Ocean Springs and going to the Walter Anderson Museum? You see that, don't you? Oh, yeah. And, and the coinciding effects of the positive effects of vaccination with spring finally being here. You know, we've seen as, as different 
communities north of us and east and west have had their spring breaks, you know, people coming over and it's been great traffic in the museum with the new exhibition. But, you know, being able to walk down Government Street or Washington Avenue and, and see, you know, the the landscape and nature in, in full bloom and starting to get to that point, it really makes you um, just want to get outside. And that's one of the benefits of living in one of these downtown um, areas of many of our coastal communities as you can walk around and interact with all the different retailers and restaurants and shops. And so it's 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 really why we all love to live down here. You know, I have a place up in the Delta and uh, we lease a, we lease some good land from uh, the Dunn family. Uh, they, they're big, big Delta farmers. There are a lot of big Delta farmers. And Travis Dunn is a, has just become a really dear friend of ours. And he was trying to come down. He was going to go to Margaritaville, for a matter of fact, um, and bring his kids down. Couldn't even get a room. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's, a really, that's a really good metric right there to say, you know, the world's opening back up. And speaking of the Delta, incidentally, I had the opportunity three weeks ago to join Steve Azar at his Mockingbird music festival where we had these songwriter friends of his come in that they represented like 80 number one hits, man. This is like, <laughs> this, this was a big deal. And it was cool because they had three songwriters at a time on the stage. Each songwriter would tell the story of their song and then they would play their song. And the way the songwriters admired one another and the stories behind the songs, it was just, it was so, so cool. The guy who wrote Redneck Yacht Club was there and, you know, you know, so many number one hits. It's just, just, it was a great event, but the weather was kind of cool and crisp and just, you know, coming to the Delta and, um, and getting a sense, you know, some of the people who were there, I mentioned on the air the other day, there was a group from Pennsylvania, either Harvard or one of the Ivy League schools who'd flown into Memphis, drove to the festival, and then they were driving to New Orleans and then they were going to drive down to Venice to go fishing. But this group, you know, uh, you know, went, you know, guys and girls and, you know, they made the, you know, going to Leland, Mississippi, which is literally in the middle of nowhere, part of their deal. I say in the middle of nowhere, you know, you know what I'm talking about, but the, but the world is so connected now, man, the world is so small. Leland is not in the middle of nowhere anymore. And when you go there, you get to experience the you know, the, the Delta just as they're starting the planning season and all that. I mean, all that sounds so familiar to you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, everywhere is somewhere, right? And and I think in, in Mississippi, it's one of the wonderful things about living here. And the Delta has its own unique color and feel and, and personality. And Leland, you know, I, I grew up not far from there as a child. And there's something charming about it being a little bit off the beaten path. And so many of those areas in the Delta where I like to say, if you're, if you're going to the Delta, one of the few places in America where you still need an old fashioned map, you know, <laughs> the, it's part of hey, the experience. Hey, we got, we're at the end of the segment, but I want to finish this thought and then we'll find out what's going on at the Walter Anderson Museum of Art after that. But this is uh, Julian Rankin and we'll be back after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
We're back uh, at Coast View. We have Julian Rankin from the Walter Anderson Museum. And when we went to break, though, we were talking about Steve Azar's Mockingbird Songwriters Festival that I had the opportunity to attend. And there's just something about going to the Delta. And as as you probably know, if you've listened to this show before, maybe you didn't know and you're, you're hearing it today, that Julian, as he pointed out, was not raised far from Leland. So he has this great connection not just to the to the Delta, but to all of Mississippi and the way Mississippi connects together. Um, but we're really lucky in a lot of ways, not only during the pandemic, and but certainly after the pandemic, that, that, that so many people were so visionary to create the, the Blues Trail and the Rock and Roll Trail and the Civil Rights Trail and the Country Music Trail and the way that all connects to coastal Mississippi. And I mean, it's literally America's you know, largest outdoor museum. Super visionary to do that, wasn't it? Yeah. And I actually had this conversation not long ago with Craig Ray, who heads up Visit Mississippi, talking about all these trails that you mentioned and also just the, the way that people experience Mississippi, which is to get lost and to, to drive. There's a lot of automobile travel that we rely on from a tourism perspective. And that positions us in a really good way for coming out of uh, you know the pandemic and restarting and recovering and, and getting our, our tourism entities, our museums, our attractions, our parks, and just all this, the small towns and, and big cities along the way um, to really come together and, and get people out. And so I think as you, as you allude to, as people come through the Delta, they, they end up in Jackson or they go over to Meridian, down to Laurel, eventually to the coast, and they come from all different angles of, you know, New Orleans and Mobile. And, and I think that really is something that we, we need to celebrate and, and understand from a data and tourism perspective is that this is how people get here. What do we do when they're here? And, and at the museum, of course, we want to capture them, but then also send them back out because Walter Anderson was all about going forth, you know, from the coast and going beyond the the confines of the everyday and of the boundaries of municipalities and, and perceived borders. So that's what we do. We try to bring them here and then send them back out to, to continue that Mississippi adventure. Yeah. And as, as Craig knows, as, um, as leaders here in coastal Mississippi know that so many of the people who visit coastal Mississippi come here by car, which is a real advantage to us. Actually, it is a real advantage to us. And I love the way that you're, you talk about connecting. I love the fact that that you say that within the context of what 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 Walter Anderson believed that the synergies we can create by connecting all of these things together, then we're able to create create a greater experience for people. And you heard the quote that I shared that you know if you don't have if you don't leave that beauty in you, you know, part of you, then you missed out on that. And that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and another thing I think is important, and this gets to the what's in the exhibition. So, you know, this is the 30th anniversary of the museum. It's been 30 years since we opened this facility in 1991. And so this exhibition, which is called The South's Most Elusive Artist, celebrates our our 30 years, but also reinvestigates Walter Anderson, who is uh, an enigmatic and mythical guy. And so we kind of want to decode what he was doing. But part of what he did People don't understand the full scope of what he made. There's a a lot of wonderful furniture and wood carvings in the in the exhibition and a hooked rug. So he was actually making things for his home as well. And to your point about carrying the beauty with you, it's also in his in his way of thinking about it, about integrating that beauty and that creativity into everyday life. It's not just something to hang on a wall. It's something he lived with and used. You know, there's a a really amazing table called the Blue Jay table in our exhibition. And it's got the shapes and forms of birds and the legs of the table. And you can just imagine people eating at this table. And how does this, you know, wonderful nature inspired form 
you know, take its, you know, its place in your, in your family dinner table, you know, as, as a dinner table. And so that's, that's something that I think people need to think about um, all the time. But in this exhibition, we're able to give perspective to Anderson's own way of thinking about that, which is, again, is to integrate creativity into everyday life. I was was sitting, Julian, I was sitting there having lunch with my sister, looking out over the city. And I thought Maison Deleuze in in where we were sitting, that specific table created this real opportunity. In fact, the Sun-Herald used to have an office right across the street from there. Just so many memories come back to me being there. But um, I wondered, you know, what does, you know, I would see families coming through that, uh, you know, we're not from here. I, I'm, a, I'm guessing they weren't. They were there for, you know, vacationing. And I wonder what they see in that city through their eyes, you know. And what do they see when they come into the Walter Anderson Museum? And they probably, you know, if they didn't do their homework before they got there, they're probably literally blown away. Is that what you see? People come in and they're just, holy mackerel. They're just all all inspired by who, what in the world? How did I not know about this? Do you see that often? It's a it's a thing that happens almost every day. And, you know, the, the secret coast, which is, of course, what coastal Mississippi is is celebrating and promoting and marketing along the whole Mississippi coast is true for us in a really big way. We're a hidden gem, not just in the sense that we're in Ocean Springs and, you know, kind of down the path of Washington Avenue from the center of downtown, but also because people think a small town museum is going to be one thing. And when you walk into our museum, because of the scope of work that Anderson had, because we're connected to the Ocean Springs Community Center with 3,000 square feet of murals, it just takes your breath away when you walk in that space. It's immersive. And then you get to uncover all of the other things that Anderson did and, and really see his boat hanging in the rafters and understand that he rode that skiff out to Horn Island. It's a story that you can't even begin to, to conceptualize or communicate to somebody until they discover it. And while a lot of people know who we are and that we're here, uh, it's m- one of the most fun parts about the job is to to see people come in who didn't know what they were about to experience. You know that, and that helps you. That help that that sort of it's almost like this new blood coming into you every day because you it never gets old as long as you have the ability to see the beauty or see the realization of the beauty through their eyes. It it probably adds fuel to your fire to want to work harder. And one of the, you know, again, one of the great things about Ocean Springs is that the the people of Ocean Springs who are active in the community are so in touch with that community. And so therefore the people who are involved in the museum are not only in touch with the with the community, but they're also t- you know in touch with the museum. And then they had the wisdom to hire you, one of the one of the most gifted museum. Uh, leaders that that I've ever met, and you put it all together. You put it, you know, where where the museum is located in downtown Ocean Springs, and what you have access to in terms of the beauty of the artists that you have the opportunity. Those that are part of the regular display there, exhibit there, and then those that visit there, it's a it's a special kind of coming together. You have to feel like, wow, how would I beat this? I know, I know, and and I'm, and I don't want to go anywhere else. And one, one, I'll just give you an example of kind of where we find ourselves now. Um, you know, there's a program we're doing in Pascagoula, which we're getting started with with the the CCTI campus, which is their College and Career Technical Institute at the Pascagoula Gaucher School District. And we have this this vision, and we're working with downtown Pascagoula, the Pascagoula Redevelopment Authority, and their Chamber of Commerce, Mississippi Power, Chevron, all these partners to create steel sculptures for their downtown, where students at the, the College and Career Technical Institute will work with 
other metal artists from along the coast and uh, north here in Mississippi to create large-scale steel sculptures for their downtown, right? That's the vision for this project. And it's a f really ambitious project that we're really excited about. You know, students who have these technical skills are going to get to be artists and weld and design and fabricate these large-scale steel sculptures. But just to say that kind of an example of the connectivity here, one of the artists is um, an artist named Erica Larkin Godet, who is over in Waveland. And she's got a studio and a gallery in Waveland that is just amazing. And it's taken a, a, a building that they built, the city built there after Katrina and has repopulated it. It was a business incubator. Now it's a fully functional gallery and, and studio space. Her husband makes glass. Um, and, and just to say that, you know, we are sitting here in Ocean Springs, but we're also going east into Pascagoula and west, if you think about in Waveland, where this artist is coming from, who's helping teach these students. And so we get to go coast to coast and, and think about what's happening and it's happening in all of our different cities. And so what I would just say is, while we know arts and culture is critical to Ocean Springs identity, we're seeing it play out in really interesting ways in all these other communities. And it's about economic development and it's about workforce training. And it's really a beautiful thing to see. It, it is. It is. And and you've heard me describe this before, but it is the sense of place that exists in each of the communities that make up coastal Mississippi. That you know, e Each one has its own unique sense of place. But when you put them together in this collection of communities, it not only creates uh, a, a real exclamation point for people who visit here to want to explore that, but it also creates a, a place people want to live in. And you're, you're seeing lots of conversations taking place in coastal Mississippi today about developing mixed-use communities uh, closer to downtown because, as you know, the, the new economy and people who are part of that creative class, they want to live, work, and place within walking distance. And we have so much strategic realization about that. And what I, what I like about always about, about the conversations I have with you is that it always goes beyond <laughs> the specific pieces of art. It's always, it always evolves into sort of the bigger picture of how it all comes together and how it all fits together. And if you can start with, you know, going to the Walter Anderson Museum and, and getting a sense of, of his contributions and what he's all about. And then you, while you're there, you get a sense that, wait a minute, there's something, what's, what's Bay St. Louis? What's happening in Bay St. Louis? And then you cause people to drive across the coast. And as they go, they see the picturesque, you know, beautiful homes along the front beach of, of uh, Pascal's Shan. And they, and they start to take it all in. That's the way we succeed, man. That's what synergy is all about. That's what, you know, having, knowing your role, but then knowing how it fits into the bigger picture is the key to success in coastal Mississippi. We only have like a minute left, but Closing thought about that, uh, Julian? Yep, just to take it back to to the collection again, you know, Anderson created all these products, these artworks that we preserve and collect, but he was really interested in, in the process of living, of creating, of making things happen, and of observing these connections that we're talking about. So I think it's always going to be part of our story to celebrate the, the tangible things, the material things that, that are beautiful, but it's really all about process and living. And you know, that's our message today to people out there. Just you know, live, live well, live creatively, and, and come see us and celebrate that with us. Sounds, sounds amazing. This has been Julian. Uh, Rankin, who's the executive director of the Walter Anson Museum of Art, of Art, and he's a really good friend of Coastview, and you can see why. So when we come back, we'll continue the Ocean Springs conversation with Cynthia Sutton from the Ocean Springs Chamber.
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.